South Sudan in focus on the Voice of America. I'm John Tanza in Washington, working on this program very remote. Here are some of the stories making news across South Sudan and Sudan this Friday, January 20, 2023. The U.S. Ambassador to South Sudan calls on the government of South Sudan to hold human rights violators accountable. In South Sudan, we are gravely concerned about reports of women and children being abducted, including within the context of subnational violence. And 400 South Sudanese refugees are homeless in the Sudanese capital, Khartoum. Our initial assessment uh, shows that the incident destroyed some 400 shelters and affected 2,000 refugees. We'll have these stories and more coming up on South Sudan in Focus. The U.S. Ambassador to South Sudan, Michael Adler, says... Washington is concerned about reports of human trafficking in the country. In a statement issued Friday, Ambassador Michael renewed the Biden administration's call for South Sudanese leaders to act with urgency and end subnational violence and hold those responsible for trafficking and all other forms of human rights violations accountable. For VOA News, Wake Simon Wudu reports from Juba. U.S. Ambassador Michael J. Adler says the calls by the U.S. government are made as part of Washington's campaign aimed at raising awareness about human trafficking. In South Sudan, we are gravely concerned about reports of women and children being abducted, including within the context of subnational violence. Ambassador Adler says human traffickers often take advantage of instability caused by conflict to exploit others. Dozens of women and children were recently abducted during intercommunal fighting in the Greater Pibor administrative area. Late last year, subnational violence reached in several parts of the country. Dozens of civilians were killed, thousands of others were displaced. The UN Special Rapporteur on Trafficking in Passions, Sio Ben Mulali, who visited South Sudan last month, said urgent action was needed to prevent human trafficking and to protect survivors, especially women and children. Mulali also said increased attention should be focused on the risk facing children associated with empty groups. Ambassador Adler says the U.S. is equally concerned over reports of the recruitment of children who become child soldiers in South Sudan. We renew our call for South Sudan's leaders to act with urgency to end subnational violence and to hold accountable those responsible for abductions and for all other forms of human rights violations, including child soldier recruitment. Mulali said, as a country that hosts a high number of refugees and migrant workers, South Sudan must prioritize prevention of trafficking through increased awareness and ensuring fair working conditions. South Sudan hosts at least 340,000 refugees who have escaped the conflict from neighboring Sudan and the Democratic Republic of Congo. Women and children continue to be abducted in intercommunal fighting. Last week, the UN's children agency UNICEF condemned the recent abductions of women and children, rape, sexual violence, and physical beatings inflicted upon dozens of people in the Greater Pibor administrative area. 
UNICEF called on all parties in South Sudan to adhere to the Convention of the Rights of the Child. Information Minister Michael McQuay was not immediately available for comment. The government has said it's working on plans to deploy unified forces to contain the subnational violence. For VN News, I'm working Simon Wudu in Juba. Authorities in Central Equatorial State are calling on the state government to evacuate all armed pastoralists from the area. Speaking earlier this week after visiting internal displaced persons in Kuda village, the county commissioner of Juba said authorities will do everything in their powers to ensure the armed pastoralists leave the area. For VOA News, Viola Elias reports from Juba. Juba County Commissioner Charles Joseph Wani says the state has the capability to ensure that all ampastrolists vacate equatorial land. Addressing hundreds of people sheltering in Koda, Boma, after they fled their homes in Sure village following a recent deadly attack by ampastrolists, Wani said ampastrolists have caused much harm to farming communities over the past years, and he has been told that the government forces will be deployed to prevent further attacks. I want to assure you that after we finish from the other side, we are coming here. If they want it or not, they must leave this place so as to allow people to cultivate next year. Governor Emmanuel Adil sent me to inform you that he stands with you and next week troops will be sent to oversee these issues. I want to tell you that the state government will take this cattle by any means possible so as to leave you in peace. Last week, ampastrolists suspected of being from Terekeka County killed four people and injured three others in Sure village of Dolo Payam in Juba County of Central Equatorial State. Speaking through a translator, Magdalena KG, one of the IDPs, said villagers were not aware of what could have triggered the shootout in Sure village. When we arrived here in Kuda, we later learned that some people's houses were burnt and other people were killed. Since then, the state government has come to see our situations and the sufferings we are going through with our children. Peter Modi, another IDP who is also Dolo Payama administrator, expressed bitterness over the attack by suspected ampastrolists from Terkeka County. Modi says his office has raised the issue of cattle camps in Dolo Payam several times and has asked the national government to evacuate the ampastrolists to no avail. Modi says his community is peaceful and has never troubled its neighbors. Our people are tired and need government intervention so as to help resolve these issues. It has never happened that our people go to Terekeka to cause them trouble, but unfortunately, other people brought trouble to us. As a director in this area, I have no peace of mind because every day we receive security reports of people being robbed, killed, or beaten. Modi says his community cannot fight back or defend itself since the pastoralists have all the weapons. It is not only the Dolopayam community that feels threatened by the presence of the ampastoralists on their land. 
Lulubo community leader Michael Lengino reinstated his call to vacate and pastoralists suspected to be from neighboring Jungule from his area. Lengino says even though some pastoralists have started moving back their cattle after Central Equatorial State Governor Emmanuel Adil Anthony issued a 72 hours ultimatum for cattle keepers to leave, many are still meandering in the Wangat area of Juba County. He says moving cattle to their places of origin is a tedious and difficult exercise. Part of it has worked, yeah, part of it has worked, uh, but partially some are still, because this thing cannot move like a vehicle. They are just going slowly, yeah. Mm, right now I'm talking to you, they are on the other side of Mangala. They are moving, but with the difficulties, because there are a lot of resistance on the way, there are those uh, cattle riders who wanted to raid the cattle, I mean the cattle who are eating also the, the civilian uh, crops, and there is an exchange of fire on the way, on their movement. It is not the first time hundreds of civilians have been displaced by unpastoralists in Central Equatorial State. In November last year, five people were killed and hundreds of others displaced following an attack by unpastoralists in Lokiriri Payam of Juba County. The incident prompted Governor Adil's 72 hours ultimatum for pastoralists to leave. South Sudan has more cattle, goats, and sheep than it has people. According to to the UN Food and Agricultural Organization, FAO. The conflict between farmers and cattle keepers has been rampant in South Sudan, Central and Eastern Equatorial states for years. For VOA News, I am Viola Elias in Juba. More than 400 South Sudanese refugees have been affected by a fire that broke out at Takamul Refugee Settlement east of Khartoum Town. The UN Refugee Agency says it is working with other partners to provide shelter, food and non-food items to South Sudanese refugees affected by the fire outbreak. UNHCR's communication officer in Khartoum tells Nabil Biajo lack of funding is hampering response to the needs of millions of refugees and internal displaced persons throughout Sudan. There was a fire which broke out in the evening of 17th of January in the South Sudanese refugee settlement in Al Takamul Shakini locality in Khartoum. Sadly, uh, uh, the lead of one refugee life as a result of this incident. Our initial assessment uh, shows that the incident destroyed some 400 shelters and affected 2,000 uh, refugees. Uh, this uh, Altakamu settlement uh, is going to more than uh, 3,700 uh, South Sudanese refugees. It is one of the, the settlements that uh, that are existing uh, here in Khartoum. And the refugee community uh, were the first responders uh, to, the, to contain the place uh, uh, before it could spread uh, to the remaining part uh, of the settlement. These uh, South Sudanese uh, refugees have been already living in difficult conditions, and now uh, with this incident, uh, it must have exacerbated the humanitarian conditions there. Tell me about some of their needs. The needs of uh, South Sudanese refugees uh, are many in, in Khartoum, uh, but, uh, uh, but following this uh, particular incident, and based on uh, 
the assessment uh, that uh, I have uh, could have, uh, conducted, there immediately uh, in urgent need uh, are uh, shelter, food, uh, water, along with uh, relief items uh, in the time that uh, you know they, they need other materials uh, to construct in, in uh, back their uh, I mean temporary shelter for, for them. For the time being, our focus is on that short-term and quick uh, and urgent need, which is shelter, food, uh, and some uh, other uh, essential uh, relief items. What is being done by UNHCR? and other partners to respond uh, to this situation? Uh, so immediately after this uh, uh, outbreak of fire, UNHCR together with uh, local authorities, uh, which include the uh, Sudanese Commission for Refugees and also Sudanese Humanitarian Aid Commission and uh, partner agencies went to the site and assist the situation. Uh, today, uh, uh, our colleagues uh, were uh, on the ground and the latest uh, information that I have is that um, uh, they have started uh, delivering uh, some non-food items, uh, including jerry cans, sleeping mats, uh, plastic sheets, blankets, um, kitchen uh, seats, and solar uh, lamps already delivered to the side and being currently being distributed to the family. This is the initial step, but of course, together with other agencies, more support will come to Given everything that's going on in Sudan right now, do you have uh, adequate resources to respond to this crisis? Sudan uh, is globally one of uh, UNHCR's underfunded operations. Uh, and we have been uh, continuously appealing uh, to the donor countries and we continue to appeal uh, for more resources to enable us to uh, adequately respond to the needs of uh, refugees. We have 1.1 million uh, uh, refugees in Sudan. We also have uh, uh, 3.7 million internally displaced people. Their needs are native, and therefore we are appealing on the donor countries to be soldiers, but we are continuously appealing to them to provide more support because the needs uh, are growing. That is Asabdallah Nasrallah. UNHCR communication officer in Khartoum. He spoke with my colleague Nabil Biagio from Khartoum earlier today. You're listening to South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America. A South Sudanese who has stayed out of his country for 30 years is back with a message. Find out why after the break. Speak out on important questions. The question today. When you make a mistake, do you admit it or just move on and try not to do it again? When I realize that I've done something wrong, but of course I have to make sure that I make a correction out of what I have done. Because sometimes there are things we do them and afterwards you learn from them as such. It depends on the mistake, but most of the time I tend to realize my mistakes. And where it is necessary, I apologize. Why should I keep on moving when I've made a mistake? I've made a mistake, I have to apologize. When I've done something wrong, I do admit. At the same time, I choose to move forward with my life. 
Well, it is hard to admit mistakes. So, yeah, usually the first option is to move on and try not to do it again. I think that's my first go-to option. What do you think? A daily discussion of important questions from VOA. You're listening to South Sudan in Focus on The Voice of America. A South Sudanese who left for America three decades ago has returned home to help orphans. Peter Adop says his initiative began in 2020 and has cared for 32 orphaned children across South Sudan. Viola Elias has more from Juba. After living in the United States for most of his life, Peter Adup moved back to South Sudan in 2020 with an aim of helping orphans across the country. Adup says he always had the zeal to help children whose parents were killed during the war or died of diseases in South Sudan. Adup says he lost his family during the civil war that erupted in 1983, back when South Sudan was still part of Sudan. He says he was raised by someone else, which motivated him to begin caring for orphans. I'm an orphan, so and I want to do what other people did to me before because there's so many people there participated before to help me to find me something that who can make me to be somebody who I am today. So uh, I will not become alone to be somebody today without uh, uh, somebody who helped me. I, I think together we can do more. Adub says in the beginning there was a group of South Sudanese men who shared with him the same vision of caring for orphans. But the others later all back out, leaving him to implement the initiative single-handedly. Adub tells South Sudan in focus, more than 30 homeless children now benefit from his program across the country. He says he wants to ensure that children receive basic needs. Um, my planning, I just want to find a safe place for them, like a, like a center and find a school for them and uh, and the place where they feed them. So that's my that's my goal right now. Yeah, I just uh, pray God, uh, like if uh, there's some people who want to join me, like you, like others, I, I can do that. So I'm willing to do that. Adup urges well wishes to join him or support his initiative financially to help orphaned children across the country. Elizabeth Lizzie, one of Adup's friends, says when Adup first returned to South Sudan in 2026 in search of his family members, he stayed with her at her house in Juba. Lizzie says Adup was four years old when his village was attacked during the Sudan Civil War, forcing him to seek refuge in neighboring Kenya. She says she and a pastor identified as David offered to help Peter Adub and his two friends in a will. Over 30 years after leaving his village at the age of four, he was ready to visit again, and God opened every door. As Peter and Stephen and Matthew flew to South Sudan, Peter recognized a friend from the refugee camp in transit in Ethiopia. He said, hey, it's me, Peter, from Kakuma Camp. Do you know anyone who would know anything about my family? And the friend replied, I do. Lizzie says Adup finally reunited with his family in a will after nearly 30 years of believing he lost all of his family members during the war. For VOA News, I am Viola Elias in Juba. We love to hear your remarks on issues in this program. 
My colleague Nabil Biagio is ready with this week's voice and text messages. Over to you, Nabil. Thank you, John. As usual, we heard from several of you about news and events we cover on this broadcast. We start with these recorded messages. Hi, Nabil Biyaj. It is Johnson from Juba. Uh, concerning the community conflict now in South Sudan, which is our collective responsibility as citizens from community level uh, to sub-community level to trouble and uh, at the government level to adjust this system because people are fighting without reason. People are killing themselves without reason. We haven't worried. We don't know what is going on. Is it political influence or what is going on? Therefore, uh, we need a collective responsibility from community level. Uh, our government should not only leave this thing uh, to subsist to, to work on these things, but they should also interfere so that the peace will prevail and they come back to our country. Thank you so much. Hello, VO News in focus. I'm James Roy Major from Bentington, South Sudan. Nabil and John Tanza, I'm appealing to South Sudan government to have a good mechanism that can stop the ongoing intercommunal violence in Greater Jungle in Greater Abia, where Twitch and Mob are fighting. Uh, the most thing that our government should do, there must be a mechanism that can stop all this intercommunal violence that are killing uh, innocent people of South Sudan. Thanks. Many of you also wrote to us about the upcoming visit of Pope Francis to South Sudan, such as Mobor Alatringo from Rombeko writes, Hello VOA, as South Sudan prepares for the reception of the Holy Pope Francis who is coming to Juba on the 3rd of February 2023. I am requesting our big politicians to respect his visit and keep his holy words, which he will be telling you. Don't disappoint him like the one in Rome in 2018 when he knelt down to kiss your feet for the sake of peace. Saber Aiza Khamis from Yambio in Western Equatorial State writes, Hello Nabil, the people of this country, including the top leadership, must impress everlasting peace with the first papal visit is scheduled for next month. Any failure to respect the Holy Father's message of peace that he had been urging South Sudan to take can lead to a curse. The Holy Father is highly welcome in advance to the newest nation. Al Haji Alijo in Yay River County of Central Equatoria State writes Hi, good evening, VOA. Is the purpose of the coming of Pope Francis to South Sudan to again kiss the feet of South Sudanese leaders because there's nothing like peace here in South Sudan? Mal Adaumal in Bortown says, Hello, VOA. As the entire nation bleeds, I urge every South Sudanese to embrace peace in their hearts as we welcome Pope Francis next month because killing one another shouldn't be an evaluation among ourselves. Thanks. Joseph Ouyer in Juba writes, Dear John Tanze and Nabil Biagio, the South Sudanese are preparing to receive the Holy Father expected in Juba next month, February 3rd, and urgently we should prepare ourselves that with this, God should touch each and every South Sudanese citizen to work for peace, healing and reconciliation and focus on the development of our country for the betterment of our children and the next generation for a prosperous South Sudan. 
Ayenyak Dao in Block 3 Bortown says to end the months of intercommunal fighting in the Greater Pibor Administrative Area and Jongule State, the national government should do massive disarmament and improve infrastructure like roads to hunt down armed criminals. Somewhere more in Yei writes, Hi, John Tanza and Nabil Biagio. I was surprised to hear over VOA news that parliamentarians have no agenda to discuss in parliament while we have a lot to be discussed, such as food insecurity, higher prices of goods at the market, and intercommunal conflict across the country. Peter Goj, Anyang Majongdul in Block 3 in Bortown says, The road safety in my country is something that needs to be regulated. Scores of people are losing their lives, especially along Bor Juba Highway, which becomes a curse rather than a blessing. Thomas Kuntoj in Old Fangak Payam of Fangak County in Jongule State writes, Hello, VOA South Sudan in Focus. It is a very good move to hear 60 abductees were airlifted to Greater Pibor Administrative Area from Jongule State as well as the Greater Pibor Administrative Area to do the same and return to our previous cultures. Abduction of children is not a habit of South Sudanese years back. And finally, Boboya Francis Wani from Ye Teacher Training College says, Hello, John and Nabil. The change in the academic calendar by the Ministry of Education and Instruction to the 6th of February is welcome. However, I am worried about the little attention given to the current senior one. My regards to all teachers in Ye in my home county, Morobo. The opinions expressed here do not reflect the views of VOA or of this program. We appreciate hearing from all of you. Keep those comments coming. Send us your brief texts and voice messages and we shall sample some of them every Friday. Our WhatsApp number is plus one two zero two six three zero eight zero one one. That's all we prepared for you this Friday. Don't forget to check out voaafrica.com for all your favorite programs and news updates. If you miss this broadcast, go to www.voaafrica.com forward slash South Sudan. We now leave you with Mawa and the song Benia. I'm your host, John Tanza in Washington. Thanks for taking time to be with us. Join us again next week for another edition of South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America. I'm reaching out to the brokenhearted. I'm reaching out to the lost souls. I'm reaching out to the absent-minded. I'm reaching out to the sick and the And I be me do it at I be you And through the falls, I will always be there for you.
Sambala 